When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon on the show today. We're going to get in to some more NFL talk, get you ready for the Thursday night football, maybe talk a little bit about the coaching possibilities and the coaching carousels as rumors are heating up about coaches that may or may not be involved in head coaching next season, who what vacancies might be open. We will also get in to uh, our power rankings We'll get into some NBA. This suspension for Draymond is now official, but we don't know how long it is. Giannis cares about. He wants his balls, and he wants his ball. No one else's ball, and he's taking it. He's going home. Talk some NBA for you. Uh, NCAA, the women's basketball team for Texas wins the game last night. The volleyball team plays tonight, and some more Texas football talk as we get you ready and closer to the Sugar Bowl, all that and more coming up on the show today. And, of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Join the conversation. Questions, comments, concerns. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. My name is Patrick Davis, and with me across the way, Mr. Jacob Standard, bringing on the hot takes the hot takes on Survivor last night. He's got it all broken. We're going to break down Survivor in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Two hours after we're off, we will have Jacob break down Survivor for everybody. Who's, do, could you break down Survivor into full? I Are could. you that into I, it? I could absolutely give you a full breakdown on Survivor. Um, but, yeah, like you said, we'll get to that in the 7 o'clock hour. Seven o'clock I, hour. I don't have it ready right now, but I definitely could. I am very into it. Everybody, I think everybody deserves one trash TV show, reality TV show. That's mine. I don't I don't I don't think I have one. You don't have a single one. No, I don't think so. I don't I really don't like reality television. You don't have a single reality television show. No. I'm sure I did at points in my life, but I don't think I don't think there's any I mean I don't watch much television anyway. It's just sports and then you stream the rest of it. And then like yeah, I watch sports and then I mean maybe I'll watch like old TV shows when I'm doing like while I'm working. 
I'll put something on that I kind of already like just an old show where it's kind of just background noise. Even then I put an old show on Netflix on like as I'm sitting here thinking about it, Survivor is the only thing outside of sports that I actually go into a TV provider for. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I'll watch wrestling live. Oh, okay. So wrestling would be. I think I wrestling. Still can, I, I think that's sports, but yeah, it falls. But that's as close as I can get to his trash TV. Because yeah, I, I cannot. It stand. counts. That's reality TV. Yeah, I cannot stand it. because there's writers though, and they're like right. they're not. They're they're pretending. I guess it's the same thing because they're pretending that they're not scripted and it's edited and it's people that don't know how to act. Even though reality television, it's just a bunch of bad actors trying to write like bad scripts. It's just really bad. There's a competitive factor to this one, though. There's you not. Really, it's th- all decided is. beforehand. It, it's all fixed. It's okay. It's all. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just. I'm not a fan of reality television. I know some people are. If you've got a reality television show that's good, you can tell us on the text line that we've got to go check out. But I, I, I'm not a. I, I don't know. Rob Babers was huge. He has all his trash TV. I, that's my one. That's my one. I will say for anybody on the text line that has been keeping up with a lot of quitters this year. A lot, lot of quitters, quitters this year. I think I'm also, I'm very much like, I hate the guy who's at a concert and he's dancing facing the crowd or the person who's just the loudest. I, I hate people who want attention for doing nothing. Okay. Like people who didn't work for attention that get attention. And I think that's so much of reality television is people that are like, I'm an interesting person. Like, you're not interesting. You're loud. Everybody's interesting when you starve them on an island for 30 days. But they're not. Because they- they're not interesting people because they're just... They're the same as everybody else. They're just louder about it. <laughs> They're just not inter- interesting. People do interesting things and have interesting conversations. Whatever, man. Let's do a sports show. <laughs> Whatever. My rants are too much about fa- about reality television. It's not against Survivor. It's against all reality television That's as fair. a whole. That's fair. I'm not taking a shot at your one thing. It's the the, the entire genre. I I'm can't feeling say. attacked. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> no, I feel like I watched Survivor the first season. And then I was done with it. I'll tell you, I would probably vote you off. You, you, I would, yeah, I would have voted would myself be... off. <laughs> I would have voted myself off day one. <laughs> They've been like, go do this challenge. I'm like, ah, I'm good. Ah, uh, well, it looks like Patrick's got to go. <laughs> Patrick's got to go. Uh, did he quit? No, he's just not moving. He's just... <laughs> he's just hanging out. He's just hanging out on the boat. They told everybody to jump off. Patrick went, no. <laughs> and apparently his one item was like a ton of beer. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it was a, it was a giant cooler of beer. I just wanted a free day trip to Fiji. That's it. <laughs> uh, let's talk some NFL. Uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. The news just came out that there is some possible rule changes that the league during the league meetings. I want to get a little bit more into that because we're seeing there is some rules that need to be shifted. They always need to be moved. One of the good things the NFL has done recently is they've kind of kept trying to move the rules, and they keep they're not somebody who has to get stuck into the. You know, baseball was stuck for so long of this is the way it needs to be done. They still are. and But they, they made a huge change this offseason with the pitch clock and everything else. Yeah. But, you know, you want to see a, t- a place where they go, okay. And, and so one of the first things we talk about is the kickoffs that they don't like the kickoffs. And what's being reported is in not just completely getting rid of it necessarily, but a one-season experiment. What? So doing something, and they've done this before, where they basically make a new rule and say, well, this is not necessarily steadfast the new rule. So whatever their decision is for kickoffs and onside kicks or whatever else, let's try it for a season. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And they've kind of done that at multiple times in the past. Is there something on the kickoffs? Like for me, kickoffs, I'd like to just see them. I don't know if there's another solution other than completely getting rid of them that I'd like to see. 
That's my biggest beef with them having all these talks about the kickoff is even the fair catch being automatically marked at the 25, even in the field of play, even yeah. that's ruining the kickoffs. I mean, they've had, there was a stat on there that something like all but five teams have had 70% of their kickoffs end in a touchback. But I'm, and even that, I'm fine with that, though. Really? Like that, I'm more fine with because there's a possibility of a return still. And I get that you want to have more returns, but I don't, I don't need the more returns because it is. It's a thing in sports that happens so often that the offense does not progress as fast as the defense does. And so the rules continue to shift for the offense because the defense finds ways around it and you get people that are able to get through. And, and so we see more often than not, if you say, well, they get, if they take 10 balls out of the end zone or like on the end zone line and run them back, I'd say most of them will end up inside the 25 and not the big play, and which is – that's not as great viewing television if you go, well, it's another deep in their own end zone. This is the fifth time they're starting at the 12-yard line. I, and, and I get you can have a defensive game. And I'm not mad at that happening once or twice in a game. If it happens five times yeah. and we're not seeing scoring and we're seeing just over and over again, well, defense won again. That will lose viewers because the defense is no longer, man, what a great hit. That's a highlight play. Right. So just – Standard form, you know, okay, well, that's a, that was a good tackle. Or you get sacks now, where sacks are a guy holding a guy for a little while and the quarterback trying to throw it into the ground, and that's the sack. So it's not a highlight play where everybody gets so amped up unless it's your team, and that's the reality. Is if it's not your team, the holding it back at the 12 is not necessarily entertaining as much. Sure. I just I get worried about it because I feel like they're getting closer to removing the kickoff entirely. That's what and, I think. And was... football is one in three phases, right? Yes. Offense, defense, and special teams. Cannot eliminate the kickoff. Can't do it because then what are we looking at for I, onsides? I, no, exactly. An onside is the bigger question, and that's the one where they say the fourth and 25. And I those, hate that. I hate that idea as well. I'm not a fan of that idea at all. And so, you know, you can still technically have a onside kick and no kickoff. You could still technically have uh, – you still have special teams because you still have the punt game, which is huge. Right. Uh, but, no, I like, I get it. I think you need to make different rules for the kickoff. You know, I know if it's all for health, then they they don't want to make it. And they don't want to make it to where they handicap the defense so much that somebody has 10 runbacks in a season. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of high-speed collisions. I mean, it's they're trying to get rid of that 70-yard head start into yeah. a collision. And so – I know that uh, – I, I can't remember which one of the smaller leagues did it where they basically lined up the defense way closer and then they couldn't run until the ball was caught. That was, I think it was the XFL that did but that. But that's – I'm more fine with that then. And you say, okay, well, you still have something. Sure. And we're trying – we're getting rid of the problem you had. If your problem is actually the 70-yard lead up to a hit, cool, we'll take that out. If it's just you don't want it in the game anymore because coaches are saying – I don't want to rely on special teams and I don't want game changing plays like that, then screw you, coaches. We like those kind of plays. I mean, what are some of the most memorable Super Bowl moments are kickoff returns that turn the tide completely for a game? So I hear you. Here's my question, though Does it take these NFL athletes 70 yards to get to top speed? Because I don't think it does. No. I, think, I think a safety coming down from 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage and meeting a running back in the hole, I think it has the same impact. I think it's close to that, and we could do the sports science on it. I, but I, I, the more of the point is the amount of times it's going to happen in a game. So your odds percentage, which is I'm going to send 10 guys at 70 miles per hour at 11 guys right? at least six or seven times a game. Yeah. No, I hear you. Versus I'm going to blitz one guy 
who's supposed to be picked up, and he may get to the quarterback once every three weeks. Yeah. The odds of injury on that, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, if you say 10 versus 11 over and over again, the odds of somebody getting hurt, and even if it's not even a big player and it slows the game down, I know how that sounds callous, but that's the NFL. They don't care. Right. Cool, that guy's not going to be in the NFL next year anway. We don't care. Break his leg. We don't care. Yeah. But this is seven minutes of game time that we're wasting right now, right. and it makes the game more boring. And that's, you know, and I, Roger Goodell would never say that, but there's a part of it that's on all of them. I mean, we got to stop slowing the game down with guys just constantly getting hurt on kickoffs where we're into possession, touchdown, timeout, go to commercial break, come back from commercial break, kickoff, injury, commercial, commercial break. break. Yeah. That right there, <laughs> they don't want to have that. And so the more you can stop injuries on the kickoff, the more you can get rid of that, it makes the game flow a little bit better because you don't have that other timeout. So if we take out all the human element and just say time-wise, they don't want to take two breaks back-to-back, yeah. then that, look at it that way. Yeah, I hear you. I also don't, like, I don't agree with the experimental season. Like, that's what the XFL and CFL are for. Yeah. Like, experiment over there. And but then, no, but that's like moving the, the extra points back. That was experimental at the time they did it, and now we just do it. Yeah, but how many times are you going to hit on an experiment? Like, you but know that's what I mean? But, that's, you, that's, but, you may, but when I say experimental, it doesn't mean you go back to the other way when the season's over. It means you try something else if that doesn't work. Right. But nope. you're admitting no longer are kickoffs ever going to be the same. Yeah. You move on from that, and you start moving forward. So that's one that we're looking at. Another one that is controversial because people are – some people believe it's a proper thing, the proper punishment. Others don't is the fumble through the end zone. That horrible play where you make a huge play, get near the end zone, and you fumble the ball, and they say it goes out the end zone, other team's ball, you don't score, you lose the ball, massive change of, of possession and everything else. Fair. And here's why it's not fair. is <laughs> because if you fumble that ball out on the one-yard line, you get the ball on the one-yard line, mm-hmm. and you get to go score a touchdown. It does not change affection. But if it's just slightly different... And if you said, okay, when you fumble it out on the one-yard line, it's their ball. It always goes to defense. Then fine. It's the same penalty now. But you can't tell me one yard makes a difference of you don't score and now you score on the next play. That's the problem. Is the the law? It doesn't make sense in between those two things. Sure. So maybe there's a common ground in the middle, right? Maybe you don't lose possession, but I'm a fan of first and goal from the 20. So I'm fine with first and goal. I I, I mean, I think that I think the easiest way – and sometimes it'll be a horrible penalty, and sometimes it won't. Okay. Is spot spot of the previous play. To resume to the spot of the previous play. <laughs> because that could be really bad. That could. That could be an 80-yard run for a touchdown punched out the end, and it's a punitive, huge problem. Or not punched. They flicked the ball before they crossed but that the— But that one's so much less. I go, that happens, but that doesn't normally go out the back of the end zone. Sure. That's normally recovered in the end zone, which is the other team. I'm talking about the punch-out— or reaching for the end zone to make a spectacular play, ball, and they review it for 10 minutes, and the ball he lost control just before he crossed, so it now it's knocked out of bounds. And those plays. Tough. Finish the play. I, I get it, but I also if he does that to get a first down, then it's still their ball. You're not going to convince a Cowboys fan that people shouldn't be punished for reaching out to make a spectacular play because <laughs> we are so jaded on that. I get it, but that's what I'm saying. Why would you not want it to be so you don't have that jaded experience anymore? But I think I think spotting it where the previous foul is where it could still be very punitive. 80-yard run, ball gets popped out at the end. Oh, yeah, it's huge. You're back, and it's first and 10 again or second and 10. You can be lost at down lost penalty. Down, still, yeah. And it's still second and 10 from the 20-yard line. That's a real – that's a punitive play. Or 
you know, you're coming around the side on a on a third and three, and it's fourth and three now because the ball got popped down. That's still a penalty because you lose the loss of down, and you lose whatever yards you gained. But it's just way, way less punitive. And then they could go the other route and just go, okay, ball's on the two. Yeah. I'm, I don't think you should go that far as to make it completely non-mattering. Right. I think spot of the foul or spot of the fumble. I like that. Spot of the fumble is the easiest penalty because you just say, well, ball cannot advance once you fumble it. Okay. So, like, once it is, there's no forward fumble. So, you fumbled it. It goes through the end zone. We get it wherever you fumbled it. So, you fumbled on the one-yard line. The ball's on the one-yard line. But that's now rewarding it a little bit more. Right. Yeah, and I get where you're coming from because that has changed games. That is a controversial thing when it happens. Yeah, it does, I mean, if you say – so, if, you, if you're to say uh, a team is down seven. Okay. And they go and score, and they're right about to score, and the ball gets popped out at the very end. They're reaching out. And the other team gets it. It's now their ball on the on the twenty yard line, and they and now they can run the clock out and end the game. That, I, mean, it, it, I get it, but instead of saying, "Well, let's make this game more entertaining," and he can go try and score that game tying touchdown now, right? No, they just get it, run the clock out. That's it. Game yeah. over. What great defensive play! What a turnover for a guy to reach out his last hand and it, poke the ball and not recover it. They didn't recover it either. If the defense recovers it, sure, it's, it's their ball. They didn't recover it either. No one recovered it. Why does the defense get the benefit of the doubt in the end zone and nowhere else on the field? That's a fair point. That's my point. They That's get it only in the end zone, only when it matters the very most, we give the benefit of the doubt to the defense and everywhere else it's on the offense edge. That's a fair it's, point. At least make it even. Okay. No, I hear you. I All like right. that. I like your solution with the uh, where the fumble occurred. Uh, a couple other ones. Uh, the offsides, uh, the play, I've heard now people have solutions for this. For the K- the uh, Kadarius Tony play. Oh, you mean line up on side? Yes, but uh, there is uh, Peyton Manning solution. What's that? Stop the play. Stop the play. Oh yeah, no, it's a dead ball. Yeah, foul. yeah, yeah. As soon ball. as it is, hey, dead ball foul. Cool. Restart the play. I agree. And that way, that's a really easy change. Yeah. And then it means that you don't have a play like that that happens where you get a touchdown because then, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is pissed. It's five yards. Go for it to get on third down. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, I, so he'd still be mad, but it wouldn't be. It's not nearly as punitive if you take out the touchdown. If you take out the lateral, the catch, and all that, nobody's yes. nearly as upset about it. Yeah, so I that's agree. it. Or we can get into the more scientific, easier way of we now have technology to do things and have it marked closer on the field for players to be able to see where the line of scrimmage is, wherever you line up, and it's a clear line for offenders for offenders, offensive players and defenders. Saying offenders. Can we run defenders. a laser? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Basically, run a laser and everybody walks up and we don't have to go because it doesn't make the game better. I get it's a thing and it's a challenge and it's something, but we have the technology now. We have the ability. I get old school people are going to hate it, but why would we want to ruin the game with, ooh, we caught him? Oh, I want to chip the football too because I don't want to do like this guy's, this referee, yeah, his he, where eyesight they, where they me, spotted yeah. and. And so they can go, well, no, forward progress was stopped here at this moment, and this is exactly where it is. And how many times have you seen the ref throw his hand up to come in and spot the ball, and he's like, he's drifting as he's coming to the ball? Houston, and- Coug- <laughs> Houston Cougars fans will tell you that yeah. against the Longhorns. They will tell you that. So I like to see that one as well. The tush push, all the rumors are that they're not getting rid of it. I don't want to get rid of it. I get people who hate the Eagles want to get rid of it. It's not a competitive advantage not, if everybody can't do it. And I can tell you right now, as soon as uh, Jason Kelsey retires, it will change a lot too then. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to have a worse center underneath. 
and he will not be able to do exactly what they're able to do now. What if this is really all Jalen Hurts? What if he makes that thing go? I think it's both of them. I think it's Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. It's yeah. a it's a two. You have a Hall of Fame center with a extremely powerful legged running back or uh, uh, quarterback. People thought the same about Bill and Tom, and then that split happened. <laughs> they they did. Speaking of that. There are rumors of Bill Belichick that he may be gone. And we've heard these rumors for a while. Like, these rumors have not stopped coming since, you know, middle of the season when things are not going well for the Patriots. They have not gone well for the Patriots since Tom Brady left. Now they're getting worse and worse. That Mac Blake was the guy who was supposed to be the guy, and that was everyone was pumped. And, and oh, man, we screwed over Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers because they got Trey Lance, and Mac Blake's <laughs> going to be the better quarterback. And now both of them are third stringers yeah. currently. So we've gone through all of that. Now Bill Belichick is in the place where we don't know where he really stays with them because they are such a close-to-the-vest organization. There's people who say they're insiders. There's people who say they're reading the room. There's people who say they know that Bill Belichick, the rumor is at least that he will be done at the end of the season, that everybody believes they uh, already want their guy, the linebackers coach Jared Mayo, uh, to be the next coach for the the Patriots, that's a rumor. Oh, he's that you a long-time keep Patriot too. That would work. Uh, but that is the rumor is that he's out now. You hear another side of that. That part of the reason the Crafts are not so big on announcing or really playing into those rumors is because they may want compensation for getting rid of Bill Belichick. So they don't want him. But mutually, why don't we part ways and we will trade you and get something from one of these teams that needs a new coach that may want to build Belichick, so we'll be able to do it. Now, you can look at it on one side that they want to trade him and screw him and put him wherever, and they don't care. I don't think that's what Robert Kraft – I don't think there's a way you can take a coach who done that much for your organization and do that to him. What do you think the market is going to look like for Bill? Do you think teams are interested? I would, yes. I would say there's a smaller number of teams interested than you think. I think there – I agree. So I have a list of 12 teams who may – who may be in the market for a new coach at the end of the season. So I have 12 teams. I think it'll be closer to six to eight. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll say six to eight with two coaches have already been fired. So those ones, I I mean, but I, I can give you, I can go down the list of these names. And I'm going to rank the positions of how I have them. Of okay. the most desirable place you'd want to go. And not just for Bill Belichick, but a coach, any coach where you look at this and you say, that's the place I want to go to that team. And I can tell you the first two are coaches that may not be fired at the end of this year. Okay. It's they're, both, they're both people that have been rumored. There's both people, there's some dissension, and they have ownership that may want to move on. But they may not. All right. Decision's not been made. All right, let's hear it. One is Buffalo. I like that. You have a lot of talent on that team. You have an, organi- you have an organization that's been willing to spend money. Sean McDermott has tried a few things, but it has not worked out. You maybe try and move a new thing, bring a new offensive coach in to work with Josh Allen, and you bring a defensive-minded, uh, good defensive coordinator in to kind of revamp that defense a little bit that Sean McDermott has playing well, but a lot of good talent on that team. And you try and get them, and you think you can win a title in the next two or three years with that team. Do you think they could possibly get Dayball back to Buffalo to work with Josh? I don't think Day. I think Dayball stays in New York. Okay. I think Ashley, in what you see with what Tommy DeVito has been able to do, yeah. shows you that Dayball can still do things with a quarterback. He's still whispering to the quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think he's able to come back, and I don't know if he's the right choice for the job either because they weren't winning a they weren't winning a Super Bowl when they had him and McDermott. No, but Josh is playing a hell of a lot better. He was. He was. Uh, another one is another place that I don't know if they're going to fire them, but the New York Jets. The rumors are really? that the Jets, because of just how bad they've looked since. Aaron Rodgers went down that this is a team where the owners thought 
that this team, the owner and general manager, thought that this team could compete for a Super Bowl, and they don't look one player away right now. The defense is good, but their offense is garbage. So they may say, Salah, we, we're your outs. We'll get another defensive coach, and we'll go get an offensive coach, and we will get somebody in here who can win with Aaron Rodgers because we don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. So that's the rumors. I don't think the Jets are going to fire Robert Sala without getting the shot with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not buying it, yeah. But I know that there's the rumors because it could end up where they say, well, we don't like Nathaniel Hackett. We've seen what this is. We also got to look for the future of Aaron Rodgers probably here for one more season, and that's with an Achilles. And if he's not fully on there, like you can't win. I don't think I don't think they'll blame Sala for the offensive woes just because I think they everybody knows what Hackett is without Aaron. But, I agree. But they also I know agree. what Hackett is with I, Aaron. I do not think that job's going to be open earlier. I put it on my list because I've read it enough other places. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this one, Lord help me, better be on there. Okay. But I think it's a good place for people to go, and this is where I think Bill Belichick may end up. All right. Because it makes sense to my head in a number of ways. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. I think they have a lot of talent on that team. I think they have an ownership that is willing to spend a little bit of money on guys. They don't want to spend on the coach. They didn't want to get rid of Brandon Staley. They're riding out with him right now. But I think if you brought in a Bill Belichick to help that defense and go, we have a lot of talent on that defensive edge. Got your franchise QB in place already. Put those guys in there. Franchise quarterback. You figure out Austin Eckler, if you can pay him now or you move on with Joe Kelly, whatever you're going to do on that side. You have wide receivers. You have talent on that team. Can you put that together? I think the Chargers are a – there is some reasons to not be enviable because there is the culture. You don't have your own building. You don't have a lot of things. But I think for a guy like Bill Belichick who is just basically thinking, I want to, I need to get to my wins total. I want to be the all-time winningest coach, and I can't do it rebuilding a team. So if I take a team that's 10-win ready now – You don't think Belichick's going to want to go somewhere where he picks his next guy? I don't know. After I don't. being GM for so long? You don't think he wants to pick his QB? No. All because right. I don't think he has time. Oh, fair. Yeah. I think he needs to win 10 games every year in the rest of his career and walk away as all-time winning as coach, but he's not close enough in, in football to just say, oh, no, I can have a couple more five-win seasons and then hope they don't fire me and say it was all Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, I haven't won without Tom Brady yet. Yeah, you're right. He needs to change that perception right now. So go get me a place where it's done and we're, I don't have to worry about salary. We're done. We're good. We're, we have a team. So I think that's one there. Chicago Bears are another, I think, interesting choice, not for for Bill Belichick, but a good team that has the number one overall pick of Carolina as of right now. Love they will have their pick as well. Yep. Some good picks, some young players. You have Justin Fields that you're going to be able to trade or keep decision-making of what who they bring in. But I think the Chicago Bears are a good team that has a lot of potential if you get in the right person. They're also going to be having a new building built soon. I know that's all being talked about where it's going to be and whatever else, but new building means new facilities, which means it's easier to get players in there. Uh, They just got sweat. I don't think they're a great run organization right now, but if you get the right guy in there, uh, a lot can change. The Bears are very interesting when you start thinking about all they could do with that number one overall pick. Yeah, and the Bears pick. Right. Like yeah. they also and that have, one's probably going to be in the top 10. So you Pro- say if right. you say two top 10 picks, yeah. what you can do in that, and then if you want to do what the what uh, the Texans tried to do this year right. and say, well, maybe we can move up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. too and get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Ooh, or, or Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. Or what is everybody willing to give up for Caleb? But that's you, my point. Yeah. But if you're number one, and then right. you can say, all right, well, mate, we'll get number two and number three. Because one is very different than two this year. But it is, but it isn't, because a lot of people like Drake May, because Caleb Williams is undersized as well, and Drake May is not. 
Right. And so people like that. So I think if you could go, yeah, if you're if you're the Bears and you can go two and three, but you also know if you're the Bears, you're like, God, we got to make this choice right. We yeah. always mess this we choice up. We have to nail this. Yeah. Uh, another <laughs> one that is uh, on the questionable coaches that may or may not uh, end up being gone next year because this Arthur Smith has had a yeah. lot of uh, belief in his guys and doesn't tend to fire guys, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. But also in the fact that the Atlanta Falcons continue to draft players they don't want to use. That they've drafted Kyle Pitts, which they do not use correctly, and they've drafted Bijan Robinson, who they don't want to use correctly. Bijan's on the Falcons. I know. Oh, that you may want to move on uh, from the there. They're also in a division that's very winnable, and you don't want to get behind in that division while you're drafting these young guys, and you're going to have to pay them. I could see that being a position. There's a lot of young talent. If you know how to use it, you've got to find your quarterback. But again, this is a deeper quarterback draft. You can find one in the second round that could be a decent quarterback for you. But do you want another Desmond Ritter? Do you want another decent guy? You think Michael Penix Jr. could fall in this draft. You think so to the I second think, round? I think he could fall late first, early second. He could fall to the Falcons easily. With all of the QB injuries that happened this year, I don't think so. I think there is going to be a premium on having a— So, first-round pick for Atlanta Falcons, which is they're a, uh, under 500 team right now. Yeah. So, they're top 15 pick. Yeah. You don't think they get Michael Penix Jr. there? Well, yeah, they probably could. He's 24, 23, 24 years old. He's older than most guys want to draft. Yeah, they definitely could. But it was the second round conversation. I, I get I it, but I'm just saying up. you don't yeah. know because Will Levis was not going to fall, and Will Levis fell to the second round. True, but... And so I'm just saying there is that choice of, you know, I'm not saying he's going to fall to their pick in the second round, right. but he could be the first pick in the second round you trade up for and you get him. Yeah, fair. But I'm just like, that's a guy, I think you can get a quarterback this year, and you could try and work with that. Uh, the Saints are another job that we don't know. Dennis Allen was kind of left over from Sean Payton. Has not worked out. Again, in that NFC South, I think everybody who's not winning is pretty pissed off right now. All the ownership's like, how are we not winning this division? Yeah. They got Derek Carr. That's another enviable position where it's not a bad job. They've done they've had success in New Orleans. Not a great, not a great place, but an okay place. Because now we're starting to get into the jobs that are a lot harder of a rebuild and a lot further to go. I I have seven, I have the Raiders. Okay. Where you get Vegas, but man, they're spending a lot of money on coaches that don't work there anymore. You don't have a quarterback. You do, you got to pay your running back or decide what you're going to do with Josh Jacobs. You got Devontae Adams, who may or may not be happy. You end up in the or you go to number eight in the Washington Commanders, yeah. In the Commanders, and they've got a lot to rebuild and new ownership, which is great, right? And they're probably going to get a new building, but I, you just I, trade away your whole D line. I hear you, I hear you. But with the Raiders, I, the, they're hiring a new GM at the same time, though, so it yes. could be, you know, it could be a good thing. That it could, but also. You know, like you get your guys in there, but also is it enviable if you get your guys in and your whole plan is let's get a 10-year contract and get fired in two years? That seems like the Raiders' plan right now. <laughs> no, that is not envious. No. Uh, nine is I'll put Tampa Bay. Again, NFC South. I know I think Todd Bowles should get another shot, but he has been on the fire coaches' odds all season long in the top three. So I guess people in Vegas are hearing that he's not going to be there much longer. I think he's done. Uh, so we need they, But they need a lot of help there, and they have to make decisions where they have a lot of cap room, but they also have to – the Mike Evans question and Godwin question, and do you completely rebuild that franchise? They have six picks coming up in this year's draft. They do. They have six picks, so they they can make up a lot of room in a hurry. Yeah, or but, at I least mean, add some depth. Yeah, but six pick. I mean, they the six high picks, right? Right. 
Okay. In so the first four. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's important because most teams have seven every year. That is important, year. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, in the first four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have one less pick than everybody else, so it's important. No, yeah, in the first four. Uh, another yeah. one, I don't think they're going to get rid of Rabel, but if Tennessee Titans move on from Mike Rabel, that is my number 10 job. Number 11 is the New England Patriots. I just don't I don't want that job at all. The, the expectations and everything that goes on there and having to rebuild it with the expectations that if you're not a – Super Bowl contender, you're a failure in New England for probably the next 10 years. Yeah, everything's going to get compared to Bill's best season with Tom. And then yeah. number 12, Carolina, that place just seems like an S show right now. And throw in the fact that they have fired two coaches in a row yeah, in, that, mid, in season. That's the one I don't agree with, though. Let's give, let's give Bryce Young a year where he doesn't get his head coach fired I, halfway through. But that's my thing. Can a coach go – if you're a coach, do you want to put your job on the line that that – with no wide receivers, with a bad O-line – you have, a, you have the number one overall pick quarterback who may be great, but you don't have much of a defense. You don't have any offense. You have Bryce Young and an owner who wants you to win right now. Sure. My question is this. And, and apparently I, a terrible culture. And I know we got to get out, but I'll, I'll make this quick. If C.J. Stroud wasn't having the year that he's having, would we be highlighting Bryce Young's terrible performance? I don't think Bryce Young's not the problem in this. The rest of the team is a problem. <laughs> okay. You're not going to win with one starter and 20 bench players. Yeah, well. And that's what they have. They have a lot of guys who don't need to be on the field. They don't have another wide receiver. They have Adam Thielen. That's, they don't have another wide receiver. <laughs> this is not Adam Thielen 10 years ago who was a red zone threat, which doesn't matter because he got to get in the red zone first. Can Bryce Young throw it to himself? I <laughs> that's, I'm not, Bryce Young is not the bad part of this deal. <laughs> okay. The bad part of this deal is that Bryce Young looks awful because this team is just not very well built. And so you're going to have to start rebuilding from scratch. Now, look, they showed you in Houston, there's pieces. You can start to put this back together. But Houston had no line. Houston was already kind of, they, they kept the same general manager. There's some pieces. I don't know what Carolina has after that trade. Plus, you don't get your draft pick this year. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's why it's number 12 on my list. That's, that's why one. it's not enviable because you don't know if you're keeping the job. You don't have your number one pick. Yeah. You're the worst team in the league without a number one overall pick. You don't have any players. You have Bryce Young. And hopefully he's good, but you don't even know that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, never mind. I'll move that one below the Patriots. Yeah. So that's my like 12 that. job. Those are the ones. I don't think even all of those will be open. But, you know, and maybe there will be another surprise. Maybe somebody who's really good just decides to move on or someone retires. Who knows? And you think four or five of those will be interested in Bill if he is available? Yes. Cool. I think teams, I think they'll at least be interested. Yeah. And then it's a question of what do you have to give they'll up? They'll make the and, call. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. We're behind it right now, but we'll get back to it. We're going to talk some NBA on the other side and uh, more of your text line, 512-447. You know what? I'll give you the, the big fat poll today on the other side, too, because we got to take this break. We come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and Horn FM. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn.
Back on Sports Complex here on the Horn. Keeping it rolling here. Uh, going to talk some NBA. We're going to get to Packers Big Fat Pull today, but we are playing music all week from Jelly's 11th Annual Christmas Jam. It's happening tonight at 310 at ACL Live. Tickets still available, so come out and join us. There's a few tickets still available. Uh, this is Curtis Lee. Going to be part of that jam, singing one of the best singers in town. Always a great show. Uh, excited to see him play tonight and get up on stage. So it'll be a fun show. You can join us. All It's all benefiting the firefighters. Austin Firefighters Relief and Outreach Fund, a uh, cool charity that uh, helps firefighters at points when, you know, sometimes they're going, uh, you know, there's there's repercussions for being a firefighter beyond the dangers of the job in this valve. So it's a, it's a great organization to help out uh, with our first responders. So it's a very cool thing they do. We talked to Jelly Ellington yesterday. You can go back to the podcast page and check out that interview as well. But we'll be out there tonight. I am hosting the event, so I hope to see you out there. If you see me out there, if you come on out, Come say hey, uh, and we'll do, we'll do a shot. If you're buying, you can't buy all the shots for everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a lofty lofty little goal you set there. <laughs> I was like, I was going to buy shots. I was like, I can't buy shots. Come on out. Me. We'll have a shot. Uh, you got to buy it. You got to buy it. Sorry. Or we'll have a beer or a nice handshake. Pat yeah, on the back. Yeah, we can yeah, do nice, all those. Nice high five. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know what, though? We did miss this in the first break because we were talking about Bill Belichick for too much. You know, he just gets uh, he's so exciting. You know. how, how can you not talk about Bill for that long? I mean, Bill, he's <laughs> everything he's done. How do you? How does we that name more, not We talk you? more about Bill Belichick than he's ever talked about himself. And well, now we're on to the next segment. We're on to the next segment. <laughs> we're uh, we're focused on Kansas City. Yeah, we're focusing on the next segment. We're Thank focusing you. on Kansas City. It's time so. for Patrick's big fat poll of the day. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. All right, Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. We were talking about rule changes in the NFL and possible rule changes. So I want to ask you, if you could change one rule in sports, it doesn't have to be the NFL, one rule in sports, what would it be? What's your one rule change where you say, I hate this rule, can't stand it, annoys me every time it happens, I'm going to change that rule. Mine wouldn't be a rule, it'd be more of a way, like a procedure thing. Let's get the, uh, the electronic strike zone in yeah. baseball. Give yeah. me that. I'm okay. tired, of, the, I'm tired of, a, of a strike zone moving. I know, I, yeah. I, I, but there's a lot of stuff in baseball where you're like, can we just get rid of like anyone who is too old to do? Like, can we just take some of the vote away and give some votes to younger let me, people? Let me get this straight. We all know this umpire is terrible at calling balls and strikes, right? Oh, we're going to keep letting him call in games? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I, let's put it this way if you think Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player of all time still, then you don't get a full vote <laughs> in today's game. It's not the same game. <laughs> It's not the same game. Sorry, Babe Ruth fans. Look, I think Sorry. Babe Ruth. Look, I think Babe Ruth is great. I've never seen his games though, because I'm I'm under forty. I'm thirty nine years old. I've never seen a Babe Ruth game, so I'm sure Babe Ruth was amazing. Right, but I can't ever put him at the top of my list. Yeah, because I never like it didn't exist. Watching games didn't exist. John Goodman is more of a representation of Babe Ruth <laughs> in my head, which is sad. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta find the right way to phrase that, but yeah. the rules just seem like they get antiquated and everybody gets stuck in the well. It wasn't done this way, and we're like, yeah, I know it. That's why yeah. people don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I get it, guys. But we we're progressing here. We're progressing. All right, uh, talk a little NBA before we get back to the text line. Draymond Green, uh, they announced his suspension after flailing wildly at uh, Yurchic, uh that he is uh, suspended indefinitely. Uh, Adam Silver and has talked to Draymond Green and Ron Paul, or not Ron Paul, uh, I, uh, his agent. I can't think of his name. It's it's LeBron's agent, too. Oh, uh, now I just forgot it. It's something Paul, right? Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of the top of my head. Too many names in my head. Too many names. Uh, but I will uh, 
but he has talked to them. They've they've gone through. Draymond Green has expressed interest to find the root of the problem of why he continues to have these things. So I don't know what. So he has said that he's okay with trying to go to counseling or whatever else they're going to try and put him into. That's good to to figure out what is happening. I, I listened to a thing with Charles Barkley where he's, he says kind of what we're all you know know, which is he's not as good as he used to be. And so he, you know, he used to be able to push a guy around and, you know, roll. use his legs and he used to be able to do this and they were winning games and now they're not winning games and he's not, he's not being able to contribute the way he wants to. And so when he's getting beat, you respond with violence because that's what he knows how to do. Yeah. That- and, and he needs to be able to go in and go, man, you were, you're not, you're not a kid on the streets of Michigan anymore who can fight when you lose. You, you're a grown man who's a millionaire. Like start just. Don't, you don't have to fight in the NBA. You're an NBA champion multiple times. Yeah, and if you want to have this right, like you can go on and people, all these players love you. Like for whatever reason, a lot of ex players are huge fans of yours. They everybody thinks you're a nice guy off the court. So why would you want to throw this away by continuing to just go down a path where people can't defend you? And then you end up like Bill Lambeer, who is coaching in the WNBA because no one in the NBA wants to touch him. Yeah, no, it's a tough look. I hope he does. I hope he does find the remedy. Because that that is something like that. It just seems unnatural enough to be like something's actually and, and wrong. it's also yeah. it, you know he's been suspended for you know what half of the games or I like know. he keeps getting out because we get the suspension for uh, choking out Gobert and now he comes back and then he's suspended again and he's just getting suspended too many games uh, to help this team that it needs help. Golden State's not where they need to be right now. Uh, you know I'm sure he's glad he got that contract. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just glad the NBA is not just tossing him aside as a lost cause. No, and, and yeah. also there is a there's a there's a union. You can't right. suspend a guy for two, 20 games for this because they would get mad because it's millions of dollars. So you can't do that. So what they're going to do is suspend him indefinitely. Work with him, Rich Paul. Rich Paul's the guy. Rich name. Paul. I get there. There eventually. it is. Uh, but if you get if they'll work with them, I I, I would assume it's going to be somewhere in the five game. Suspension. Uh, it may be a little bit longer, but I'm going to assume it's going to be about two weeks. Okay. So in that week and a half to two weeks to when they say, okay, well, he's starting on a path and he's not always there, yeah, but now he's in this counseling and he's in all these things and he's trying to get better. He also knows he's on the two strikes, three strikes, you're out penalty, and he has two this season. And so yeah. he knows if he does it again, this is there is a major punishment coming. But I don't think they're going to suspend him for a super long term for something that in reality would have been a one-game suspension for any other player. You think they're going to have a quicker whistle on him now? No. Okay. I think they will ref him the exact same way they've always refed him. Uh, but it, it's those kind of plays are not – like, that's the thing is that wasn't – it didn't get out of hand until he hit at somebody. I, and it's – yeah, we're not going to go back into – it just – why? It, yeah, <laughs> I don't get that. Uh, if you also missed it, Giannis puts up a uh, Bucks career high of 64 points. Yep. After the game, the Pacers had a player who scored his first career point – one and one point. He scored point. one point. He so they they one. went to go take the ball to give to the the rookie to say, "Here's a moment that you'll never forget because you're probably not going to last in the NBA." And Giannis runs across the court, being held back, by being everybody. held back because he wants that ball. I don't believe that Giannis is going to be playing in the NBA long term. I they, it was a bad look for him. I and I you, look, you can be completely wrong because I didn't expect Tim Duncan to play a long term career, and he played a lot longer than I thought he would. Sure. You know, you never know with some of these players, but it feels more and more like he does not enjoy the NBA and the lifestyle and all that goes into it. And he enjoys being good. He enjoys winning and all of that. But when we saw him, you know, his from his talk last year of trying to talk to the media about, 
it's not one game when we lost and all of this and expect is you know accepting responsibility and all that. I think he there's a point of it where he's just like I don't want to deal with the egos and all this anymore. I just want to hang out with my family. The, the the conversation he had with the reporter when they made the end season tournament, they were like, "You're going to Vegas for your birthday." He's like, "I'm away from my family. That's not fun." But you get more money. We get paid. We get paid. Yeah. So I think there's a part of it for him where he just kind of wants to, you know, he wants to get paid. He's going to get his money. He'll get through his contract. And there's a decent enough shot that he'll sign a one-year deal or two-year deal, depending on how good the team is. But I could see him walking away from the game at, like, 35 and just saying, you know what? My body hurts. I've done everything. I can go live a great life. I don't need this anymore. I don't think that's that far-fetched. I really don't. Um, And as soon as you said it to me earlier today, I started running through my head all his recent press moments and all that. And it just – I could see him cashing out and just being done with it. And and now, look, he may play until he's 45 because he wants the money. That may be also another like you never know, right? Uh, but I, yeah, it does not seem like he is enjoying himself a lot anymore. So you think that's why he chased down the game ball? No, I think he chased down the game ball. I mean, I think it's. It, I, it, I feel like he felt like it was a slight. Okay. Yeah, it was like they were keeping it away from him, and he you know feels attacked by this or whatever else. Which after, after a twenty point win, but that's my point. Well, but they <laughs> well the the problem was he they came back. The Pacers came back in that game, so Giannis had to come back in while he was celebrating a fifty-nine point or a six, uh, forty-nine point game. Yeah, and they're like, "Man, he had forty-nine, and then he had to come back in because Dropped they started to come back, drop yeah. fifteen more on him." But I, I, it did not. It just was a bad look for him all around. Uh, a couple of my things: Lakers did beat the Spurs one twenty-two to one nineteen. Spurs they? came back, scored forty-five points on the Lakers in the fourth quarter. Were able to come back, but not enough. They were down fifty to sixty-three at half. AD versus Wimby was stacked. Was what it was supposed to be. AD had thirty-seven and ten. Wembenyama had thirty and thirteen plus six blocks in that game. Uh, a good game there. Coming down, they play again on Friday. Uh, the Rockets were able to beat the Grizzlies one seventeen to one oh four. Jaron Jackson Jr. trying to do it all with forty-four points. Interesting development in the Rockets right now. Tari Eason had twenty-five points in this game, eighteen against the Spurs in their last game. Really? He's stepping up as another scoring option because Jalen Green did not look good in the game. But Tari Eason off the bench may be somebody who's starting to step up into a scoring role. When you need to jumpstart that offense. He's only averaging like nine points a game during the season, but 2018 last game, 25 this. See if he continues to evolve as a scorer and if Ime is going to use him that. Uh, tonight we do see the Mavericks in action. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the Timberwolves. I do have the Timberwolves winning this game. It's the third game in four days for the Rocket, or for the Mavs who are kind of beat up. We know that Luka is getting hurt more and more, and the T-Wolves are third in three-point defense. I think they're going to be able to play Luka pretty tough on that line, get his shooting percentage that's going going down in these three and four games. Uh, I think the, the Mavericks will be fine, but they're beat up and playing three out of four days. Yeah, give me the Timberwolves. With no Kyrie Irving and that doing. That's Anthony tough. Edwards should be returning in this game as well. So that that's the reason. It's nothing against the Mavs. I think the Mavs are the best team in, in Texas right now, hands down. Uh, they're playing really good basketball, but the, the scheduling is not good for them right now uh, to go up against a team that I think will just be able to score a little bit more, and you're going to see a lot of missed shots. I wouldn't say hands down. The Rockets are the Rockets are pretty interesting, but we'll follow it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. Uh, we will come back. We will get into some of your text messages, poll of the day. If you could change one rule in sports, what would it be? We'll get into that and whatever else you want to talk about here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn.
Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing music from Jelly's 11th Annual Christmas Jam. Happening tonight, 310 ACL Live, benefiting the Austin Firefighters Relief and Outreach Fund. This is Robert Wagner, another great singer who's been around. If you've ever seen Suede, he is a singer of Suede. He is going to be have, he's going to be out there doing a few songs in the jam as well, hanging out with us tonight, all uh, benefiting a great cause, celebrating uh, the Austin Firefighters Relief and Outreach Fund, celebrating Jelly's 11th annual Christmas jam. It is crazy that we've been doing this for as many years. I've been with him. Uh, I was helping his band out many years ago, and we we started kind of we talked about doing something. He took it off, and has been doing it for years. So it's an awesome thing that he's doing. I hope to see you out there tonight, three ten at ACL Live. All right, let's get to the text line. I want to mention, so we're going to get into this in the six because we don't have enough time to get into it now. But we do have what I appear, what I'm guessing is an umpire referee that has texted in and asked a bunch of questions. I want to read all this. I want to go with you. I want to talk to you about it, but I don't want to do it right now. So I'm, I just let you know we're getting to you in the six, in the five o'clock. Sorry, five o'clock. I, I can't. Wait. I still say six is hour two. I'm still in the but five o'clock hour. So when we come back out of this break, we'll get into it uh, and get on. Uh, I do want to get to the text line though. Uh, we do have, who is Matt Blake, Mac Jones, you mean? Uh, yeah, I may have said the name wrong. Uh, a couple times, like three or four times. That is, you know, I knew it was one meant. of those days. It's I knew one of those meant. days. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Uh, yeah, it's been a long day. If anybody else needs to know, it's been a long day. It'll be a long night. <laughs> well, I hope you don't mispronounce any artist names tonight. I, you know, I I, you- <laughs> I've done it once before. I did it, and I did it to one of my best friends who was playing. Oh. And I, I said everyone else's names to people I did not met, met that night. Nailed it. Hit every one of them, and then my friend, I got wrong. And afterwards, I was like, how did I get your name wrong? I'm Patrick Davis, and this is this guy. <laughs> yes. Sorry, sorry, Mac <laughs> Mac Jones. Mac Jones uh, is who I was going with. Uh, we were actually funny. We were talking before the show about those Immaculate Grid things, and I'm, I can't do them because I just can't recall names anymore. Uh, I needed a Brain Vault <laughs> custom mouth guard when I was playing sports. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not great. Not great for me would, right would now. Would have helped you out now. Would have helped yeah. me out. <laughs> Apparently, flopping in basketball has dangerous repercussions when you slam your head on the court a few times. Uh, not if you have that brain vault technology. Yeah, that's what you need. Chan uh, says PD is a Bryce Homer. I'm not. I'm not willing to call him a bust on one season with no other team. Me that's neither. I, and look, I thought they should have drafted Bryce. Was way off on that one. But I, I'm not get. I'm not about to call him a bust on that team just yet. Uh, I don't know if this is for us. Dairy Queen for ice cream related stuff. Whataburger for burgers. I don't know if we were talking about that. How did we get there? I don't know where we got there. How Maybe. did we get here? Uh, it's probably a Rich Eisen question. Yeah, it might have been a Rich Eisen question. <laughs> uh, we get the Chargers on there. Hits on quarterback. Oh, uh, yes. Change. Hits on quarterback. Definitely. Yes. You changed that rule? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole landing on him with your body weight, I would get that out of there. Uh, and this is about uh, Popcorn Man about uh, Draymond Green. Said it earlier, Golden State is partly responsible for this. They fed this attitude and play style so they can win rings. Now they aren't winning. It's a problem. I agree with you. That's fair. That's fair. I've heard this conversation come up a lot, and there is part of it. And, and it, it, there's a lot of those teams, and normally they don't give them this next contract, and they cut them loose. And for whatever reason, they gave them another contract, and normally they cut that guy loose, and it's their fault, and they put, and put him in the league. I mean, Dennis Rodman kind of got pushed around, and everyone just kind of went, okay, well, like they turned him into it in Detroit, doing bad boys, and used him up, never gave him a spotlight, and then sent him out in the rest of the league. So I it think happens. he turned out all right. I think he did all right. No, I know, but I'm just yeah. saying. But no, but I mean, he's won a bunch of rings, too. But that was the, the, the first part of Dennis Rodman's career where he was leading in rebounds and all this other stuff. He was on the Pistons where oh, they yeah. taught him how to be crazy right. and foul and all that stuff. So No, I agree with that point. That's a good point. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get more text line. I'm going to get to the referees 
uh, or umpires, whatever you are. Appreciate you texting in and listening. Almost certain it's an umpire. It's got to be somebody. We'll get to it. We will get to it. Uh, some decent points, but we'll, we'll, we'll respond. Uh, we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 101. Also, college football news. Uh, women's basketball played last night. Volleyball played tonight. We'll get into more Texas talk. We come back here in the 5 o'clock hour here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 101.9, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.